Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Could I get an amen on this if you think this is true? 2020 has been a pretty messy year. Amen. All right. I mean, things change, right? Our plans, our routines change, how we do life. And sometimes those things change hourly, right? You have one expert that says this and another yeah. expert that says that. And so you have, you have this and you have something else. So I just really think we need to do a timeout today and say, we need to get some hope, all right? Mm. We need to take our focus off of what's going on around us and all the news media and all the political experts and the medical experts. Uh, it's amazing. Has so many medical experts and they don't agree most of the time. We have political experts and they don't agree. I'm just glad that we can agree on one thing. In this book that talks about a man who was, came to this earth, was born of a baby in a manger, lived a sinless life, lived a life in which that he healed people and he delivered people and lived a life in which he went to the cross and he laid down Amen. his life for us. And on the third day, he rose again so that we can have new hope. Would you Amen. say praise God for that? Yes. Praise God. Wow. I love this verse. First Peter one and three. Let us give thanks to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ because of his great mercy. He gave us new life by raising Jesus Christ from the death. Read it with me. This fills us with living hope. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm full of living hope. I'm full, I'm full of, of living, living hope. hope. Amen. Now, Eddie, I know that's a stress for you. You got the ugliest sweater I have ever seen in my entire life. A Christmas cat sweater. Meowy, meowy Meow catmus. Oh, man. It's all for you. I'm just so glad I love you. I just, I really am. But you get the ugliest sweater. I don't know. Sean's close back there. If you haven't seen Sean, you got to see it. Uh, Anita and I this week, I love the Christmas season. Uh, an old movie I watched this week. Tim, you need to watch this one. It's called Christmas Mountain. It's an old cowboy movie. Yeah, it's oh, black and white. You need to watch it. I was thinking about that when we sang an Emmanuel. So that was good. And, and then we also watched It's a Wonderful Life. I like that. We watched it in color, but I think black and white is better. It's sort of true to it. And in the very opening of that movie, Clarence, uh, the angel second class, is about to get an assignment to help him to get his full angel status. And his supervisor uh, has an assignment for him. And listen to this assignment. This is his assignment. Send for Clarence. You sent for me, sir? Yes, Clarence. A man down on earth needs our help. Splendid. Is he sick? No, worse. He's discouraged. Wow. Do you hear that? Is he sick? No, worse. He's discouraged. Mm. Discouragement and hopelessness is worse than being sick, right? One expert said, listen to this, this quote. I've got to read it to you. Since my early years as a physician, I learned that taking away hope is for most people like pronouncing a death sentence. Mm. Their already hard-pressed will to live can become paralyzed and they may give up and die. You see, if you don't have hope that anything is going to get ever better, then you can get to the place that you say, what's the use? I don't even want to go on. Ever been stuck in that place? I've been stuck in that place that I thought, I don't want to go on. I, I don't know if there's any hope. I, I'm not sure I can even do that. King Solomon 2,500 years ago recognized that. And this is what he wrote. 
uh, in Proverbs 13 and 12. And I'll get back to the definition of hope in a minute. Proverbs 13 and 12, it says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. That word deferred means hope delayed or hope postponed makes the heart sick. One writer wrote it like this, when hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. You ever had hope crushed? You believed in somebody, you believed that something would happen and it didn't happen uh, and, and so many times like that. What is hope? Let me give you a definition of hope. We've looked at this a couple of times. Let me give it to you again. Hope is the constant, why don't you read it with me? Hope, hope is, is the, the constant, constant expectation, expectation that, that God, God is working. working. Let's say it again. Hope, hope is, is the, the constant, constant expectation that God, God is working. working. Now, just by a show of hands, how many of you believe that Even if you can't see it right now, you believe without a shadow of a doubt in all the mess that's going on right now around the world that God is working something good. Would you raise your hand? Wow. I tell you what, I believe all of heaven just saw that. But I know sometimes that we're we're hoping and we're hoping and we're hoping and it just seems like that everything is delayed, delayed. You ever had, you ever had a, something like that in your life that you had a lot of hope something's going to happen and it just seemed like it wasn't going to happen? Yeah. I mean, you want to believe, right. you're hoping and you're praying and you're saying, okay, God, this is a great opportunity for you to, you know, come through. Um, yeah, for me, um, I kind of lived the crazy life, you know, before I got saved. I was saved at 30 um, and statistically, you know, that chances go down the older you get. But um, I tried to fix myself up and do things right and stop doing the crazy stuff, you know, but I wasn't married um, and I lived in a college town and I kept partying all the time and I would keep getting older and the people I hung with would stay the same age, (laughs) (laughs) all the college people. Um, But I realized that I needed to change, right? So I get saved. Um, and I start praying. I mean, God gave me a new job. He gave me a new car. Wow. I live. I got a. I got a condo. I mean, He was blessing me. Like I wasn't even praying for half of that stuff. So I saw God was just doing cool things. So I prayed and I said, God, you know, my heart is I would love to be married, and have kids one day. Um, and I just prayed and prayed and prayed, and I didn't hear anything. And I was waiting and waiting, and I didn't hear anything, and I kept praying. But what helped me was um, I really felt like God's, I felt like I said to him, you know, I love you so much, and I know you care about me, so whatever you have for me, I'm going to be okay with. Um, and shortly after In that... In other words, you resigned yourself that if you never got married, you'd still love him. Yeah, because I figured he's got my life in his hands and whatever he prepares for me is going to be amazing. But I sure would like to get married and have kids, is what I said in the parentheses. Um, And then uh, it didn't happen and didn't happen. And I also added into my prayer... And by the way, it would sure be nice that if I I would have met him by my birthday. So I got saved in February. My birthday was in April, but then I started praying this prayer soon after that. So my next birthday in April, I was like, okay, God, we're getting closer. Everybody I met, I was like, is this the guy? Is this the guy? Not that I would be married by my birthday, but that I would have met him. So I'm like, is this the guy? Is this the guy? One guy I met I really liked, and I thought, well, maybe. I don't know. He's a couple years younger than me, and I was like, it's okay. And I told him, I said, listen, I got to tell you that um, I'm a born-again believer. I gave my life to Christ. And he goes, oh, that's okay. That's one part of the pie. Ooh. 
And I said, no, that's the whole pie. Yeah. Next. So, <laughs> so I kept praying. I kept praying. And wouldn't you know it, without going into lots of detail, I prayed and prayed and prayed and was in a job with uh, sales that I had to uh, travel around, went down to my sister's in Kissimmee. And the weekend of my birthday, they said, on my birthday, we want to take you out to dinner. And I was like, oh, is there anyone you can invite? <laughs> I was trying to help God out a little bit. Uh, so do. she thought of somebody, and then that didn't work out. And she goes, oh, I know. There's a new pastor. His name is Pastor Terry Mahan. He's really great. He's this, that, or the other. And I thought they really knew him well. Well, they didn't really know him very well, but they called him. <laughs> and Well, he was new. He was new, but they he called him. He wasn't very great. But <laughs> no. no. Uh, they, 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 didn't, they didn't know you the way I thought they I knew you, but anyway... So he said, yeah, sure, I've got to go do uh, the singles ministry, but I'll come over after that. What are you guys doing? Well, we're just watching a movie. So he Hunt comes... for Red October, I still Yeah, remember. but I fell asleep. But anyway, <laughs> and that still happens. So I'm like, that night, that was my birthday. That night, I was like, God, is this from you? Because, I mean, it's my birthday. Is, is this what you're trying to tell me? I need a sign. I mean, I'd only been saved a year, right? I'm like, give me a sign. And I prayed and I said, we made plans for him to come the next day. And I said, when he comes tomorrow, if he brings me one red rose, I will know that this is from God. Tough. It can't be two. It can't be six. It can't be a different color. It's got to be one red rose. Uh, of course, I didn't sleep well that night. And the next day, the doorbell rang and I was scared. And I was like, okay, this is it. Ding dong. My, do my sister opens the door. I'm hiding in the kitchen. He comes in th through the door and he's standing like this and he walks in and he goes, happy birthday with one red rose. And I was like, <laughs> wow, thank you, God. <laughs> now I'm freaking out. Really? <laughs> so my hope was somewhat delayed, right? Then I'm like, what are we going to do? He's like, we should get married right away. I love Christmas. I love the holidays. And I'm like, slow down, big guy. I don't even know you. <laughs> but he said, listen, if you believe that God brought us together, then why do we have to wait? So again, I went to God and I said, I'm hoping God that you have the exact right date for me. But don't follow our pattern. Yeah, well, God gives I mean, unless pattern. it's God, right? So um, he came Go up. To Tim and Brenda for counseling, please. <laughs> <laughs> so we officially got engaged in, we met in April on April 19th, we officially got engaged on May 19th, and I said, he came to Tallahassee to do some uh, work for a school, and I said, okay, Lord, help me with this date. I know, and I'm believing and hoping you have the exact right timing. Uh, and I popped up to my, I woke up the next morning, I popped up, uh, up to my calendar, which at that time you didn't have a phone with a calendar, and I'm looking, whatever the next Saturday is on a 19th, that's when it's going to be. I didn't know if it was two months, six months, a year. I had no idea. I flipped through the calendar, and it was October 19th of the same year, five months later, and we got married. Yeah. 29 wow. years ago. Wow, isn't that a great story? So keep hoping, girls. Keep praying. Keep believing. But I want to say for sure, make sure that you're led by God. As yes. we were standing at the altar, I was like, I don't even know this guy. And God said, and God said psst, be quiet. It's from me, remember? He's from me. And I was like, okay. All right, we got that. <laughs> now, I don't know if you heard or not, but she talked about a delay. But there was a second part of that that she talked about being denied. That's good. I, 
you, you never think about this, but one of the strategies of the enemy is he tries to, if he can't delay our prayers, he tries to get to the place that our prayers are denied and we don't see them answered. And then we get frustrated with God and we say, you know what, what's the use? It's sort of like my little buddy Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. It's on the screen for you. Let me run through it. It's late November. Little boy's waiting for the first big snowfall, right? He waits and waits and the grass is brown. There's no snow. So he says, look at this. If I was in charge, we'd never see grass between October and May. Then he looks up to the heavens and he says, one, three, two, three, ready, snow. Nothing happens. Now he's downcast. And he shouts to the heavens, I said, snow, come on, snow. Now he's shaking his fist. Snow, okay then, don't snow. See what I care. I like this weather, let's have it forever. But his defiance doesn't last for very long. Now he's on his knees in prayer. Please, snow, please, just a foot. Okay, eight inches, that's all. Come on, six inches even. How about just six? And he looks up to the heavens, I'm waiting. And the next one we see the little boy run around in a circle. This is not an English word, but if you're a parent, you've heard this word before. Uh, when the child is upset and the answer is not coming. And uh, there's nowhere in sight there's going to be any snow. So in utter desperation, here's what he says, last clip. Do you want me to become an atheist? <laughs> so let's talk about that. Let's talk about what nobody really wants to talk about. Because sometimes in the deep recesses of our life, we have those areas where we've been praying and praying and praying and praying, but that prayer seemingly has been totally denied. But we put on our Jesus face on Sunday, right? We say, oh, everything is all right. Everything's going to be okay. It's, it's all right. What I'm going to share with you today is not just some theoretical stuff. Um, I was thinking of Miguel when he was in the hospital, when he was diagnosed and to put him in intensive care. One of the posts that he puts, he says, I need your prayers. I don't need to hear any of those phrases like God is with you. I know that. I'm, I understand that. And so I think that's why, because sometimes we tell people, you know, I know you haven't seen the answer, but God, God answers prayer in three ways. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, and sometimes wait or later. But you see, when you're in the trenches... Yeah. You don't need religious phrases. You need something that you can hold on to. Well, when we struggle with this whole thing about why doesn't God answer all of our prayers, theory won't suffice. Religious words won't suffice. But I want you to know this. You're not the only person, and I'm not the only person who's ever struggled with this. Think about the Apostle Paul. I mean, minister extraordinary. He says in 2 Timothy I had to leave my friend Trophimus in Miletus. He was sick. In other words, his prayer wasn't answered. And then there's Habakkuk who says, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and you not hear? Job said, Oh, that I had one to hear me. One, oh, that the Almighty would answer me. And King David says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? And then I'm thinking about the Apostle Paul. I mean, he's been into heaven. He's seen things that nobody else has seen. And he's got an issue, a condition, or an attack of the enemy on his life, however you see that. Some say it's spiritual, some say it's physical. But anyway, he prayed three times for God to take it away. Three times. But here's what God says to him. Paul says, three different times, I begged God to make me well again, 
Each time he said, no, but I'm with you. That's all you need. My prayer shows up best in weak people. God didn't say, here's the reason that I'm not answering your prayer. He said, I just want you to know I got you. My grace is sufficient. My answers are not sufficient, but my grace. Mm. Write this down. God never does nothing. Amen. God never does nothing. He's always working. So how do we maintain hope when our prayers don't seem to be answered? Number one, here it is. Keep on praying as long as you can. Say that with me. Keep Keep on on praying praying as as long long as as you can. can. You've heard those stories, right? Uh, Somebody say, you know, I prayed for my loved one. Uh, They were 70, 80 years old, never gave the heart to God, but on their deathbed, they gave the heart to the Lord. Sometimes we pray 999 prayers and then answered on the 10,000th time. Mm. So I'm telling you, until I get to heaven, until God transitions me from this life to the next, the things that I prayed about and I'm praying about now, prayers that I've been praying for years that have not been answered, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to continue to yes. pray. Yes. Psalm 119 says, Lord, sustain me as you promised that I may live. Don't let my hope be crushed. Right. So pray, 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 and don't be ashamed to ask and beg God for a miracle. God, this is, this, if this happens, it would be a miracle that only you could get the glory from, and I'm asking you. Amen. So number one. Keep on praying as long as you can when it looks like you're being denied. Mm. Point number two. Yeah, so, you know, patience is not just waiting. It's what you do in the waiting. Ooh, How you're good. waiting, right? What, what's your attitude like? Are you continuing to pray? So what happens when you keep on praying and keep on praying and keep on praying and it doesn't happen? Wow. Um, so for us, so we got married and... Uh, we talked about before we got married, because he had two girls already, uh, 12 and 17 when we got married, and we talked about having a son. That was our hope. We would have a son. We named him Josiah, Josiah. and <clears throat> we talked about it all the time. We spoke it into existence, right? We're saying, come on, Lord, you can do this. Well, we tried, and I didn't get pregnant, and then I got tested and found different problems. I had endometriosis and blocked tubes and all kinds of stuff. Trying to take care of that. He got tested. Oh, did I get tested? The doctor said, yes, you're fine. No worries. So Nothing like when you're in a waiting room and the doctor yells out, hey, they're all swimming good. Well, that's better than saying they weren't. But anyway, <laughs> so we kept trying and kept trying and kept believing and kept believing. And it wasn't happening, and it wasn't happening. And I kept praying every single month. I'd say, Lord, this is a great opportunity for a miracle. Come on, you can do it. Because doctors said one thing, and evidence was, you know, not happening. And it's really odd, but unless you've been through it, it's mourning something that doesn't even exist. So every month I had a hope that I was pregnant, but when it didn't happen, I would mourn something that wasn't. It was the weirdest emotional roller coaster. But I kept praying, and I kept praying, and we saw different doctors, and I had another uh, a surgery thing done, and, and we even talked about adoption, and we even talked about, you know, if that's God's will, maybe that's how we have our son. And we had a couple of opportunities, and it just didn't work. It didn't, it didn't happen. It fell through. But I kept praying. So I'm talking from 31 
to about mid-40s. I mean, I went to a doctor who was a believer, and, and he said, um, your endometriosis is so bad. If you were anybody else, I would, I would do a hysterectomy, but I know you want to get pregnant, so I'm not going to do that. And I kept believing. So for 15 years plus, I kept believing. Now it would be the immaculate conception because <laughs> I just turned 60. But, you know, Sarah was like 80 or 90. But anyway, um, but, you know, my heart hurt. My heart hurt. But I, I don't know why God didn't bless us with a son. I don't know. Um, but if I try to figure that out is when I get emotional and bothered and worried about it. But here's the thing. Number two is give God the right to say no. Wow. That's wow. hard. Whoa. But you have to give Man. God the right to say no. In the ultimate sense, God already has that right. Yeah. Even if you don't acknowledge it, he has the right to say no. But if you never acknowledge that he has the right to say no to you, then you're going to be filled with anger, frustration, despair. That's what happened to me. There would be moments of me just being so angry with God. Like, what's the matter with me? People throw their babies in the garbage. What's the matter? And I would be upset, and then I'd realize, I don't understand God's ways. Maybe one day I'll ask, maybe not. When I get to heaven, I probably will be too preoccupied to even care about asking. But And then well-being believers would say things to you yeah. and try to encourage you, but there's just religious phrases. Or yeah, and I understand your heart, you know, to say, well, you know, honestly, now I believe it, but at the time when I was still trying to get pregnant, people would say, that's okay, you're the mother of the church. And I'd be like, not the same thing. <laughs> but now that I'm older... I feel like I'm the mom of the church, okay? And I'm happy with that. And I'm blessed to be the mom of all of you guys, okay? Amen. So to fight against God's right to say no is really the same thing as fighting against God. Fighting against God because his ways are higher than our ways. We don't understand. And that's a battle you're never gonna win. How much wiser would it be for you to say, Lord, and I did this many times. I'm praying this prayer from the bottom of my heart. You know me. But even as I pray, I confess that you have the right to say no, if that's what you yeah. think is best. Yeah. You're going to sleep better at night if you pray that prayer. You know, Jesus was our example in that, right? When he was going to the cross in Gethsemane, uh, he prayed in the garden before the cross, and he, you know, with sweat dripping down from his uh, a face like great drops of blood, Matthew 26, 39, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from yeah. me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as your will. That's what we have to pray. If Jesus needed to pray that way, how much more do we need to pray that way? So let God be God in your life. He's the manager. If you go with God, you can't go wrong. He said the steps of a righteous person are ordered of God. And so that's what we want to do is release that all to him and just take the steps that he yeah. has for us. So wow. got to give God the right to yeah. say no. Yeah. And you know, I, a lot of times when we hear a person give a testimony like, like you, that we think, oh, well, it's over and done with. But I watch you as it's a constant battle. I watch you when you hear that somebody wants to have an abortion. Um, I watch the tears. And I see the same questions come back. Why not? But yours may not be infertility. Yours may be a child 
that seems to be going farther and farther away from God. Yours may be a marriage. It just seems like it's just, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. I don't know. I don't know the answer. But I know this, that God never does nothing. Right. So here's what, number three, here, here's what we're going to do. And thank you. You did a great job. Let's give her a hand. That was awesome. Wow. Wow. So here's, here's number three. We need to keep on doing what we know that is right. In the darkness, in the denial, when we're tempted to give up, we just keep doing the right thing. Romans 4 and 18 says, even when there is no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, hoping, hoping. I, I really believe if we stay on course, maybe not in this world, maybe it may be in the next world. If we stay on course, then it's all going to work out and we'll understand. As Anita said, she may not, it may not even be a big deal when you get there. But here's what I want us, I want us to understand. You can get frustrated, lose your hope, and you just want to chuck it all in. I don't want to serve God anymore. I don't want to go to church anymore. God's answering everybody else's prayers but mine. What am I, chop liver? And then we just throw in the towel and we give up. So what does that give you? What does that give you? Now you're alone, all by yourself, making decisions. There's a poem I, I would love to read to you by A.M. Overton. And it's called, He Maketh No Mistake. And I, I want to give you the background to this little poem. Um, his wife had died, and he's at the funeral. Someone is up doing the uh, funeral service, and the pastor that was doing the funeral service actually is writing about this and says, I looked over, and he was, he was writing something. And I thought, what, what is he writing? Is he taking notes on what I'm doing? I mean, he just seems so preoccupied, he's not even listening to what I'm saying. And the pastor after went over to him, and he said, what were you feverishly writing? He said, I wrote a poem. And that poem says exactly what I feel. Look at this poem. My father's way may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache. But in my soul, I'm glad I know he maketh no mistake. My cherished plans may go astray. My hopes may fade away. But still, I'll trust my Lord to lead, for he doth know the way. Though night be dark, and it may seem that day will never break, I'll pin my faith, my all in him. He maketh no mistake. There's so much now I cannot see, my eyesight's far too dim. But come what may, I'll simply trust and leave it all to him. For by and by the mist will lift, and plain it all he'll make. Through all the way, though dark to me, he made no mistake. Wow. I believe that'll be the testimony of every child of God. It's, it's interesting. Would you open your Bible to Revelation chapter 5? I, I didn't even have this in my notes, but I really, I just really felt like we should look at this today, Revelation chapter 5, because I know some of you are here today, and this really relates to where you are, and some of you are watching online, 
And by the way, we send out our love to uh, Casey. She, her mother went, graduated on to be with the Lord. In fact, Chris and 30 people, Pastor Chris and 30 people there are watching with us right now in service. And we send our love. And we don't always know the answer, right, to what's going on. But one of these days we will, if we don't give up, if we don't give up. The scripture says in Revelation chapter 5, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And I saw that the one seated on the throne was holding in his right hand an unopened scroll. Now, we realize that this unopened scroll is a symbolic expression of God's perfect will for mankind and the planet Earth. In it, it holds the answers to why I live, why you live, what is our purpose. In it is the answer of how people can be redeemed and get to God. God never wanted, God created eternity in heaven and the new earth, the new heaven that he's got for us. Not that he could be alone, but he wanted us to be there. So inside this scroll was all the answers, were all the ways that that could ever, ever, that it could ever happen. And so John is saying, I saw an incredibly powerful angel proclaiming with a great loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seven seals? But no person could be found, living or dead, in all of creation. No one was worthy to open the scroll and read its contents. We know why, right? For all the sin comes short of the glory of God. You see, if sin is ruling and reigning in your life, you'll never be able to have the fullness of God that he has ordained for you in this scroll, in this book. There may be somebody here today or somebody watching online and you're far from God. Maybe you used to know God, but you've drifted away and you're away from him. And you know today there are a lot of questions in your life and a lot of things you'd like to have the answer for. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? What is happening someplace else? But I'm going to tell you, this tells us right here, nobody can give you that full answer except this man they're going to talk about. And it goes on and says, so I broke down weeping with intense sorrow because there was found no one worthy to break it open. He said, nobody was able to tell me why I'm living. Nobody was able to tell me about my purpose. Nobody's able to tell me what to do with my life. And he said, I felt that frustration. Man, there's somebody here today or there's somebody watching online. You feel that frustration. You're saying, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to be different. I'd like to change. I'd like for something to happen. And look what you've been doing. You keep trying to do better and trying to do better and trying to do better, but you get more frustrated in their times that you're literally just in the same way. Feel like, what's the use? There's no use even going on. There's no use. That's what John was feeling. Outside of what's getting ready to happen next, there's no hope. Then he said, then one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Look. The mighty lion of Judah's tribe, the root of David, he has conquered. You know, those are all words talking about Jesus, right? He's the worthy one who can open the scroll. Then I saw a young lamb standing in the middle of the throne. Remember, he's, Jesus is like a lamb. That's a, that's, a, that's a symbolic word. He appeared to have been slaughtered, but now he was alive. He said, I looked at him and he said, there were scars still on him from being slaughtered. 
You know what's so amazing about Jesus? He loves you and me so much that he never wanted to take those scars away. And when we get to eternity and we get to see him in heaven, you won't see him with perfect skin. But you'll be able to look at the whelps on his back in which they place the stripes for your healing. You'll still be able to see the scars in his wrist where they hung him to the cross. Why? Because he's not ashamed of any scar that he has. You see, every scar has a significance, right? Every tattoo has a significance. I, some of you that have tattoos, Anita has one on her ankle of our five little grandkids, little, little things, and you'd ask her about it and she'd say, oh, it's symbolic. That tattoo stands for my kids. But you see, Jesus, the tattoo he's proud of, he's proud of the holes in his hand. He's proud of this in his side, in his feet. Why? Because he was able to say, I may be the lamb that is slain, but I will be resurrected and I'll be able to open up God's will for your life and the world can never stop what I have for you. Amen, amen, amen. And he said, I saw the young lamb approach the throne and he took the scroll from the right hand of the one who sat there. Then the 24 elders and the four living creatures, those are all symbolic words, okay? They fell face down at the feet of the lamb and worshiped him. Each of them had a harp and golden bowls brimming full of sweet fragrant incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they were singing a new song praise to the lamb praise to the lamb i'll pick that up in a minute but i want you to see this picture john said i looked again and he said i saw all of these elders these heavenly beings and he said they fell down at the feet of jesus but they were holding in their hands the, these these golden bowls and these bowls were giving out a scent a sweet a scent a sweet fragrance of incense and he said i wondered what it was and he said i looked and i looked in there and there was the prayer. There was the prayer that Anita prayed that wasn't answered. There was the prayer that Tim is praying that hasn't been answered. There's the prayer there that, that Andrew has been praying that hasn't happened. There's the prayer of Sarah who prayed and the answer hasn't happened. There's the prayer of Sam who's prayed and the answer. There's the prayer of Sean that hasn't been answered. And then all of those prayers, you see, you think God didn't hear your prayer. Every prayer that you've ever prayed from a heart that's true to God, he's heard that prayer. You may not have had the answer right now, but he said, let's put it in that golden bowl because there'll come a time at the end of time when everything is going to be renewed I'm going to bring out those vials and all of those prayers that incense is going to come up before me and here's what he's going to do maybe not in this life but in the life to come He's going to answer every prayer for that broken body you had, for the broken hopes that you had, for the things that were broken and never got put back together. And he's going to say on the new heaven and the new earth, all of those prayers are going to be answered and they're all going to be worth it that you held on till now. But listen, here's what he says. Because you were slaughtered for us, you were worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. Your blood was the price paid to redeem us. You purchased us to bring us to God out of every tribe, language, and people group. And you've chosen us to serve our God. And you formed us into a kingdom of priests who will reign on earth. Isn't that special? But if you're here today and you're watching online 
and sin is controlling your life, you don't have that assurance. But you have the assurance today that you can say, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And I want to I give that opportunity right now to anyone who say, you know, I'm, I've been questioning my purpose in life. And I've been questioning, and I realize now that Jesus died for my sins. And he's calling me to him today. And I want to make a life change. Or I want to rededicate my life back to the Lord. And those of you that are watching online, maybe you've never prayed this prayer. Maybe you've gone to church all of your life. But today, it just seems so critical that this is the day that you say yes. Because you see, we're not promised of tomorrow. How many times have we heard stories of people that left church and they're in a terrible wreck or they got sick, never had a chance to pray? What they were hoping is one day they'd get their life all straightened around. That's like somebody I heard the other day said, yeah, I know I'm not living right, but you know, one day I'm gonna give my heart to the Lord and then I'll be better than all the rest of you because I've really been really bad. My heart broke because I thought how deceiving sin is because you can't go on too long and you lose the grace period that God has for you. And I'm not saying that to make anybody fearful today, but I'm just saying I want you to wake up. Eternity is a long time, either in heaven or in hell. And if Jesus cared enough that he would have died for your sins and your sins alone, if you're the only person, why in the world? Why in the world wouldn't you wanna say yes, yes? You've been trying on your own hasn't been working, is it? Like Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you? Not very good. Do you hear what Anita said? She said, I kept trying to work on myself, work on myself, make myself better. Saying I wouldn't do that anymore, I wouldn't do that anymore. But it's the day that she was sitting in church service. The pastor was preaching, a friend of ours. And he talked about how that God could restore you. Even restore your wasted virginity. And he said, if that's you, would you raise your hand? And she said, I didn't want to raise my hand, but I raised my hand. He said, now if that's you, would you stand? She said, I kept saying to myself, no, I'm not going to stand. No, I'm going to And she said, I found myself standing, weeping like a baby. Gave her heart to the Lord. I was able to baptize her in water. That was awesome. But you see, that's where some of you are right now. You're trying to make yourself better. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. But John says, Jesus died for your sins. As this church is praying right now, and I'm not going to ask anybody to bow your heads, because what I'm getting ready to ask you to do is something so awesome, so powerful. I'm going to ask you to decide today, if you've never made the decision to serve Jesus, I'm going to ask you to be very brave and very open on that. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you. But if you say, you know, if you agree with me and you testify to me, I'll testify to you. I really believe there are people that are here today. There are people that are watching online that want to say, you know what? I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I don't know what that means. I don't know how to do it, but I just really feel that the Lord just calling me to do that or maybe to rededicate my life to the Lord. I've gone away from him. In just a minute, I just think I'm going to do it. I'm just going to count to three like Calvin and Hobbes count to three and, you know, let it snow. I'm going to count to three. And on three, if that's you today and you say, you know what? I need to make things right with God. Would you very boldly and powerfully raise your hand Shoot, you could stand if you want unashamedly and say, I'm tired of working on my life with myself. 
I need Jesus. I want to spend eternity with him. Are you ready? One, get ready to make that decision today. Those of you that are watching online, two, make that decision today. Say, today is a day that I'm going to, are you ready? Now's the time. And I know the doubt's coming. The sweaty palms are there and all of those. You're saying, but what if I, what if I make that decision? I don't know how to do that. Leave that to God. He's got that all taken care of in Jesus. Are you ready? If that's you today, three, would you raise your hand right now and say, that's me. Thank you. Here, 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 over here, here. Come on, back here back here back here come on let's rejoice today let's rejoice over here yay amen 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 let me lead you in a prayer today let me lead you in a prayer this is life changing life changing today pray this prayer with me father god thank you for loving me thank you for dying on the cross for my sins thank you for giving me a fresh start as best as i know how i'm going to serve you all the days of my life. Now listen, we're going we're gonna to do something else in just a minute here. But those of you who lifted your hands, there's a connection card in the, in the, back, in the, front, in, in the back of the seat that's in front of you. Would you take out that connection card and would you put your name on that? And would you bring that card out to the next steps table? And would you give that to them? They have a gift they'd like to give you. And if you don't have a Bible, they're going to give you a Bible. But we want to give you something to help you on this journey. We don't want you to walk out of here and say, well, I prayed that prayer and that's it. No, we want to give you some stuff to help you on your journey. Will you do that? You'll have time to fill out that card. But I, I, want, to, I want to come back to this time. And I'd like for us to, except those of you that are going to fill out the card, you may remain seated. But the rest of us, would you stand? I want to go back to this. I want to go back to this. I want to go back to this chapter. So he says that, that he formed his kingdom. He chose us. He said, then I looked and I heard the voices of myriads of angels in circles around the throne of God, as well as the voices of living creatures and the elders, the myriads and the myriads, those who have already died and gone to heaven. In other words, he's not giving us an exact number, but he's saying millions upon millions upon millions. And he said, I watched. Now, John is looking at this. It's going to be in the future, but he's watching this. It's in the future, but it's in the past and it's in the present. That's really weird, I know, but that's, that's how prophetic passages are. And he said, I saw all of these people. And he said, I watched and they were singing with thunderous voices. Thunderous voices. Look at this. Worthy is Christ the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive great power and might and wealth, wisdom and honor, glory and praise. Then he said, and that wasn't enough. Then every living being joined with the angelic choir. Every creature in heaven and on this new earth and under the earth and in the sea and everything in them. And they were worshiping with one voice saying, praise, honor, glory, and dominion be unto the God, Emmanuel, to Christ the Lamb forever and ever. I'm sorry if I get excited about this this morning, but I tell you, this is the most awesome thing in our life. Life, all right then the four living creatures responded amen and the 24 elders threw themselves face down on the ground and they worshiped I tell you let's go out of here today with this last song that we sing today and would you lift your voices would you kneel would you respond however you want but let's give him the praise that he's worthy of today are you ready let's praise him today amen 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 our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. 
To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.